0: We're losing!
1: Teamwork, guys, more teamwork. They're work. burying
0: us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. It's old-time hockey? Piss on old-time
1: hockey! You're blowing it! And now, Between the Stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Here's Arden Caleb.
0: It's Between the Stammers, Thursday, February 14th. We're broadcasting this just before the Canucks tilt with the L.A. I almost said Angels, LA Kings. So, everything after the LA Kings game, this is probably going to be useless, let's be honest. We're doing it anyway, though, right, Curb?
1: You want to let the dog out of the cage? You want to let the dog out of the cage? I got a bone to pick. (laughs) Okay, first. This week. (laughs) Okay, before we get into that,
0: curve, since our last podcast, Canucks fall 4-3 in OT to Chicago. They beat Calgary 4-3 in a shootout. They fall 7-2 to San Jose and get shut out 1-0 by Anaheim. Mikey DiPietro and Zach McEwen make their NHL debuts. Adam Gaudet gets recalled. Brandon Sutter goes on IR. The Canucks make a trade for a goalie. Uh, The Canucks have lost four straight on the road and uh, just pretty much breaking now. We've learned that Chris Tanev is going on the IR. Edler, though, did join the team on this road trip, so who knows if he's going to show up. Uh, Where do you want to start, Kerb? How the fuck did we lose to the Ducks? (laughs) I don't know. I don't think they're as bad as uh, as their record, this run that they've been on. Kevin Boyle? Yeah. Yeah. Who the hell is Kevin Boyle? I don't think Kevin Boyle's immediate family knows he plays in the NHL.
1: (laughs) Like, what? why Why does this continue to happen to this team? We run into, like, a, a guy nobody's ever heard of before making his debut, and we can't solve him. I feel like there's been a few already this season. Like,
0: who was it that was in net for the Devils? Mason Blackwood? Yeah. Like, who the fuck was that guy? Right? I had no idea. Uh, also, I think when we were playing Pittsburgh, it was Casey DeSmith.
1: Yeah. I had no idea who that guy was before we played that game. Right? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it continues to happen year in and year out, and we just can't solve them. Dude, I don't know what it was last night, but it just seemed like every puck was hitting that guy, like, square in the chest.
0: Yeah. The Levo chance, I thought, was, like, the best chance to score. Yeah. And it just hit him right in the center. Fuck, they got to fix that power play. That's where you want to start? I want
1: to start with the power play. Okay, the power so, play is
0: abysmal, man. So we had the problem. Uh, it started, obviously, with the Edler injury because he's been playing the point on that power play. Uh, the umbrella on the power play. Now they've thrown in Stetcher there. They did score a goal, the Pedersen goal on the power play, but really, other than that, it really hasn't done much, right? I don't think
1: it makes a difference who you have out there. It's the way that the power play is designed. The guys aren't moving around enough. Like, the players on the ice, the puck moving, they're, they're passing, but they're stationary. They're standing in the same goddamn spot the entire time. The fucking zone entry is abysmal. Like, they do that stupid... Uh, pass behind themselves, which is actually a really good play. Like, it's a good play if everybody is moving along with that pass, but everybody stopped at that goddamn blue line. They got no momentum to get into the zone. The only guy who's skating at that point, when everybody else is at a dead stop already, waiting to go on side, is the guy with the puck. And that, you can't do it like that. Like, everybody has to be crossing the line at the same time in order for that to have any sort of staying power. It's a joke. Like, the power play is an absolute joke. It is abysmal. And then, and then, like, here's another issue I have with it. Guys down low, like Horvat, he's in front of the net, but he's not mucking it up. You know, he's not even putting screens down. He's not battling for that spot in front of the net miner. He's off to the side. You got Levo up higher who's looking for tips, and that's fine. But you need not only a guy who's looking for tips, you need that other guy down there causing a stir within the D. His back doesn't... Like, he doesn't even need to, need to see the shot coming. He can just be getting in the space of those defenders and pulling those defenders towards him. That's all he needs to do, and Horvath's not doing that enough. The biggest problem,
0: I think, and the reason why the umbrella doesn't work in this moment because Stetcher has such a muffin of a shot, and they're just taking away Besser and Patterson on the sides. Right? I don't
1: mind... I don't even mind a muffin of a shot as long as it gets through because if it gets through, you have a chance for a tip and you have a chance for rebounds. But those guys in front of the net aren't doing enough. Like, Levo, for sure, yeah, get a chance to try and tip it, but somebody needs to be mucking it up down there. Kessler used to do it really well. You look at a guy like uh, Bertuzzi in his heyday. Bertuzzi was a beast. Justin Bufflin, when they played them against in Chicago in the Stanley Cup, when he was on that power play, he was like the prototypical guy that was able to do that to a T. And it pissed not only the goalie off, but it pissed the D off. And it took like three guys to try and contain this one guy. Everybody else around the perimeter had more than enough time. They're shutting a guy like PD down with two guys, getting on him when he's on the sidewall, because of the fact that nobody in front of the net is causing him enough of a commotion. And I, like that needs to change. This whole power play, like the lack of movement, that uh net front presence and how you're setting up the shots needs to change. I think It's brutal. Yeah, there was a figure on the screen
0: that I think it said the Canucks power play was shooting at like 6% or something or 7% since the the, the turn of the new year. So that's about like you you needed to be more around 12% is what you needed to be. Right? Yeah. And it's it's yeah, it's losing hockey games, and they had plenty of chances on the power play against the
1: Ducks. Plenty it honestly of chances. It, You're right. It honestly yeah. is losing us hockey games at this point. Like, there was times against Philly, Chicago, like, where they had power plays and they should have scored, and it's just not nearly as effective. I don't know what it is. Like, well, I do know what it is, but I would like to see Bester's not doing anything on that power play. Like, he's not. He's He's not even in a spot where he even looks deadly enough to shoot. Like, he's not even coming down into that circle to get a shot off because he's waiting up high for a pass, and he's thinking of dishing it off first. I think Besser needs to go on a second unit, and they should have a double threat with PD with the shot threat on the first and Besser on uh, as a shot threat on the second just to try it. I'm not really? saying it's going to work, but I'd like to see that because when you think about it, you get two different sets of D out there on a PP. Right. You have your PP1D. That's your better set as an opposition and your PP2 and maybe Besser like his bread and butter last year was power plays. And he hasn't done it at all in like these last two. Well, yeah, last like month and a half on this power play. The power play is so bad that it might cost us the playoffs.
0: Mikey DiPietro and Zach McEwen made their NHL debuts. Uh, do we want to start with the DiPietro? Because I I'm guessing that's probably other than the Canucks losing huge to San Jose and then getting shut out to maybe the worst team in the NHL. That was probably the biggest thing that's happened since our last podcast. Yeah, the 19 year old getting called up on a emergency basis from the Ottawa uh the his team in Ottawa there, the junior team. Uh sixty oh, sevens. It was yeah, sixty sevens. It was a problem. Like it was a debacle from the start, the San Jose game. Uh we knew it about five minutes into the game that they were gonna get blown
1: out. Oh that that second goal when it went off of Hutton's glove and kinda in you even kind of saw Mikey like change up his style a little bit in the net. Like he got a little bit more aggressive and he really started committing to shots. Um I actually thought, like the, like, the Canucks were abysmal in that first period. But when they scored that goal um, and it was 3-1, I was like, okay, well, hey, maybe they came back. They came out pretty good in the second period. And then that Evander Kane goal, that second Evander, Evander Kane goal, just put a dagger in the game, yeah. in, in my opinion. The only thing that bugs me more about this game than anything else is, yeah, DiPietro got put in against one of the best shooting teams in the league. I think they got four 25-plus goal scorers on that team. Like, that's incredible. And they are, like, a favorite to win the cup at this point. But the Sharks have been kicking the shit out of the Canucks mm-hmm. for, like, the past five seasons now. Mm-hmm. Why don't they hate this team more? Like, where's the pushback? It doesn't necessarily have to be, like, at the end of the second period, you're down 6-1. It's over. You got a rookie netminder who's still in the net. Like, this game is over, but you play them again this Saturday. Like, this game is coming up in the same week. Where's the message from this team being like, we're going to get you next time? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a fight, but it needs to be something physical. Like, it needs to be pace dictated, hits on the walls, chirping, whatever. Even if you're skating by them on the bench, like, we need to see a hate for this team. And the Canucks don't have it right now. There's not enough fire. Like, if somebody was kicking the shit out of you for five years, wouldn't it bug you? Because it didn't even look like it bugged them. I can't believe it. I really can't. Like, when you, uh, Evander Kane in that game scores a goal, grabs Stetcher, starts feeding him shots. Stetcher gets two minutes for roughing, Kane gets four, whatever, right? Penalties cancel there. Already at that point, I'd be like, I'm coming for you. If I was another guy on that team, if I was like Good Branson or somebody being like, I'm coming for you, Kane. Kane and eventually hits Good Branson, has this kind of like squirrely move where he almost looks like he was trying to slew foot him when he hits him against the wall. Nothing. Jake Vertanen, again, high sticked in the face in the third period by Evander Kane. Starts jaw jacking him towards at, at the end of the bench. But like, you know, you don't have to be a goon out there. But you need to show some sort of emotion and not just take it lying down. Like, that to me, that lack of response in that game was disgusting. Like, wh- why isn't that – why aren't we seeing that with this team? They should know by now what losing feels like and how shitty it feels like. Fucking stand up for yourself.
0: So you're saying there's no, there's
1: not enough leadership in the group? Well, That's I, what you've seen. We're, we're, we're talking about bringing all these vets in, right? Like, we bring in guys like Beagle. We have Sutter now who's – We've had him for years now who's a who's a leader. I mean, he didn't play in that game. We brought in Roussel for this very reason. Good Branson was supposed to be a guy for this very reason. Louis Erickson's not doing anything else. He's not scoring goals, right? Like, where are these guys to at least tell these younger guys to be like, this is a game where we need to send a message here. And honestly, it's on Green, too. Like, Green was a guy who played in all different parts of a lineup. And he, when he's seeing this, he should be like, "Okay, guys, like, we have another one of these games coming up. Like, at least send him a message." Yeah, this uh, is something you do in in pee hockey. It it honestly is, and we're not seeing it from a professional team. Hmm. Blows my mind. Uh, we kind of got off the rails there. That was a
0: good uh, rant. Sorry, there. sorry. We were talking about Mike Mikey DiPietro and Zach McEwen's debut. Uh, there's a lot of talk about. How the Canucks really set up Mikey DiPietro to fail in this, like, out-of-the-blue starts against the best team in the NHL. Is this on Jim Benning for not bringing in a guy to make a start here? Because we didn't really know about Markstrom's injury until the
1: day of. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's losing your goalies in Utica doesn't help, right? Yeah. But apparently, he was shopping, and everybody wanted, like, second, third-round picks. That's what he's said. I mean, it's it's hard to believe that as, as soon as you find out the next day that he trades a seventh, which was the pick we got for Del Zotto, and magically, we just have a goaltender. Like, it, it's hard to believe that that was on the table. That wasn't on the table earlier. But, like, I don't know, man. I, I don't think putting a guy like Di Pietro in there is going to set him up to fail long term. I think he'll be fine. I, I agree with that, but right.
0: I also said on this podcast last week and I think I said to you I was like is Di Pietro going to get a start? He's not an NHL goalie yet. Yeah. Remember I know, I and I that? agree, but I didn't yeah.
1: I didn't think it was going to be a problem. Yeah. I really didn't. I thought Thatcher would be back in time, and I think most people did, and I maybe yeah, you I guess you could kind of put the blame on Benning, if you'd like to, for maybe not doing his due diligence, even though he said he did. It is kind of fishy. But, um, I mean, the start is good for the kid regardless. Like, it's a taste of the NHL. You get your head kicked in, and it's going to make gonna make you want to come back. That's the silver lining of this San Jose Shark game as a whole. That and Zach McEwen fit in, played well, had a good game. Yeah, that was going to be and the he, next and he got And he went. got stronger towards the end of the game, I thought. Yeah, I kind of like his
0: skating ability, and he's yeah. got some size, and uh, can play along the boards. I kind of like that. Yeah, right. Uh, just the the just just finishing it off in the Pietro thing. That's just a start. I think Canucks fans are going to remember. Like we're going to remember that for yeah. a very long
1: time. Well, I, I think during the broadcast, I think it was, it might have been I don't know who it was. It was either Shorty or Cheech, but they mm-hmm. both mentioned that the exact same thing happened to Markstrom mm-hmm. when he came over from Florida. He was put in against the Sharks, and the Sharks just completely lit him up. Mm -hmm. The Sharks have been lighting us up from when we got Markstrom to now. How does that not piss you off? Yeah, I feel like this whole –
0: but these whole – these California teams have been lighting up the Canucks for how many
1: years now? All of them. Yeah. All of them have. I mean, like, the Canucks have had better luck, I think, against San Jose and L.A., especially as of late. Right, I mean not San Jose, um, L.A. and Anaheim as of late. San Jose's just fucking eats our lunch every time, man. Yeah, yeah. And in our own building too, like it's so frustrating.
0: That's another thing, you know. You're playing in front of your home crowd, and you got this young rookie in net, and you can't even get a shot
1: in the first ten minutes. I know, it's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. Like, and and you're in front of a crowd, like, and you don't respond. Yeah. How is anybody gonna like this team? Like this core group of guys coming up. They've they're been talking, banging the drum for the last two month, months about their how they're talking to get into the playoffs. You need to play harder-nosed hockey if you even want a chance to get in, right? And I honestly think them getting into the playoffs is a really good scenario for this team because even getting bounced in the first round is better than not missing it because it's going to show them what it takes yeah. to even make it, you know? And maybe it's going to light a fire under the younger core that we're hoping to see develop here into something better.
0: For sure, because if you go in and let's say they do well and they get a higher seed or something, yeah. and then they don't exactly know what that's going to be like when yeah. they get there, and then you get bounced as a higher seed where there's some expectation, where there wouldn't be any really expectation for them to win a playoff series this yeah. year, right? So
1: well, that's where I think it would be better. Especially if you make the final wild card spot and you're in against San Jose, Yeah, you know? But, like, you think if you went in there and you played a team like San Jose and they kicked the shit out of you a couple times, you'd maybe start to hate them. They should already hate them. Like, this should be a rivalry by now. It really should be. I'm not saying that the Canucks can skate and play with the Sharks, but they should have that hate and they should turn it up a little bit when they play this team. They don't, and it's annoying. They're a division rival, too. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I want to
0: talk about? And I think it has to it has to be talked about. Derek Pouliot, Eric Gabranson are fucking dumpster fires. And like there's like these guys should not be in the lineup. They can't be. And it really shows obviously with Alex Edler out and Gabranson having to step up and play more minutes. Well it's just it's so bad. Like Gabranson can barely make a stick to stick pass. Uh, Pouliot is a, just a fucking nightmare. He like, he, what's more liable. Like he's, he, like the guy coughs up the puck more than any defenseman I've ever
1: seen. My problem with this is that I honestly think good Branson has a place on this team just because of what he brings. He like, he does bring some things that other guys can't do. And we saw that last night uh, on the retaliation to get's Nobody else on that team is going to go after gets Nobody. Right? Like, it's it's just not going to happen. Um, but he doesn't bring it consistently enough. He's his, playing too many minutes. Yeah. He's and, playing too many minutes And right he's now. playing too many minutes with a guy like Tanev who's playing on his offside. Mm-hmm. And he's relying on Tanev too much. And it's hurting Tanev. Right? Now Tanev's on the IR, which totally sucks. But it was Where hurting. Where the fuck do we go from here? It was hurting Tanev's game. Like Polio, to me, is a guy who is a fringe NHLer who should be sitting and playing games every once in a while. Do I still think he's better Not than Del yeah. Yes. Do you? Yes, I do. Okay. But, I well, I just think he, he moves the puck better. But I don't know where his head's at, man. Like, that guy needs a mental reset because he's making plays that are so beyond stupid that I, like, I don't even know what's going on in his mind. He's skating the puck up into the neutral zone and just shooting it down the ice for an icing when he can skate it over the red line. Yeah. He's done it a few times. Yeah. Those two guys it's are a dumpster like- fire back there. And this
0: kind of—and I don't want to harp back on the I told you so thing. No, you're right, though. When we have just a little bit of—when we have one injury on the back end, we go into shit. Yeah. That's what we've seen constantly. And that's on, you know—and I, I I was talking with a, another buddy here, loyal listener of the uh, Between the Stammers. He was telling me that uh we didn't know Michael Delzato was gonna be this bad. We didn't know that. Yeah. And we were counting a little bit on Oli Ulevi. we were counting on Ulevi making yeah, the Yeah, making the team. So I can't can't throw it all on Benning there, but you can't you do have to throw a little bit on him for not having enough reinforcements back there to foresee an injury happening well,
1: on like, the back end. Could you imagine if Hutton was even remotely struggling? Yeah. To, and stature. he was last year. And Stetcher, too. Those been, two guys, are they've been saviors they've been for this team. They've been a godsend to this team <laughs> yeah. this year. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, it honestly is incredible, like, how much of a godsend those guys have been. And and you know what? They're making a case to stay here and play here, both of them, for a really long time.
0: Well, but, now that Tanev is out, that's they're going to be logging 25, 30 minutes tonight yeah. against L.A. Yeah. And for the foreseeable future. I'm
1: excited to get a look at Breezeball, man. I am. I, I think he's... I don't know if he's ready, ready, but I want to see how he deals with this pressure in relation to a guy like Pouliot, Viega, Goodbranson. Oh, my God. Breezeball, Pouliot, Viega, Goodbranson, and then the only other two guys. Our first line D pairing tonight, Stetcher Hutton. Viega made
0: a great play in that ducks game. I think it was on the tail end of a power play, and the puck was right in the slot area, and I think it was Raquel mm-hmm. there. And I thought it was gonna be a goal for yeah, sure. Yeah, he got he a, stick a stick on it. Yeah. I saw that. That was probably yeah. the best defensive play of the game, I yeah. thought. Alex Viega. Oh my
1: God. Uh, the, you- the thing about like I can't even I can't even chirp a guy like Viega because he like he brings it, right? He yeah. he works hard. Yeah. He, like, he is one well, of those guys who
0: it's works. Not, it's not a thing about working hard with Gabranson,
1: Pouliot.
0: I think Pouliot's head is Diego. in the clouds,
1: though, right? Like, I just I just think the guy gets flustered to a point where he just makes bad decisions. Uh, Gabranson's a little bit different. Yeah. I think Goodbranson, like, his speed, he's not fast enough. He gets torched on the outside all the time. It's, I don't know, It's it's a fucking nightmare back there right now. And, like, as much as I'm complaining, which I'm doing a lot of, like, on this podcast, I mean, I'm making good points, but I am (laughs) venting. We still have a quarter of a season left. Yeah. The Canucks could still do this because the rest of the division is such shit as well.
0: Yeah, it's a fucking turtle race right now. Yeah. Teams losing. Like, this was a chance for them to move into a playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, The Minnesota Wild holding that last one right now. Fuck. Did you hear Bruce Boudreaux today? No. He like, don't call me Joe Namath, but we're going to make the playoffs and we're going to be tough. Really? When we do?
1: That's what wow. he said. Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. I still think the Canucks have a shot As like ridiculous as that sounds. Like, they, I still think they do because of Marky. Marky's been so good. And if they fix this fucking power play, they actually have a shot because that's the thing that's costing us games right now. Marky's been so good, man. Like, you think they'd want to just throw everything they possibly can at making this run just to show their goaltender that they're there to support him. Like, he's been out of this world good.
0: Are we at that point in the season, though, where we're
1: getting close to Arm again here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, after this road trip's done, you have to win tonight. I honestly believe you have to win tonight. San Jose, who's no who knows what's gonna happen. They've been kicking our head in for God knows how long. But after that, the schedule kind of softens a little bit. You look at some beatable teams. I think there's a couple Arizona games in there and and that sort of stuff. But like, yeah, it's it's all hands on deck here, man. Like, we're gonna know whether this team is gonna make it or not in the next, I'd say, week and a half. If they continue to lose, they're done. Like, stick a fork in them. <sighs>
0: Should we talk about the Ducks fiasco? I mean, we talked about Kevin Boyle making 35 saves. Uh you've been on fire here. I don't know. Do you have enough? I'm pissed to go? off.
1: That's why. Like I'm I'm actually mad and I like I just I don't get how you le- lose to a team like the Ducks. Bob Murray's first game behind the goddamn bench.
0: Yeah. Right? Here's,
1: here's a guy who
0: yeah, and the, the Ducks have lo- had lost 7 straight. <sighs> They weren't even close in any of those games. They had lost three. But that makes me wonder when I'm watching the Ducks, like, it, did they hate Randy Carlisle that much? That's kind of where they got I, to where they I were. I don't
1: I don't know, man. But, like, you, you should be able to dictate the pace of the game on the ice against a team like that. And the Canucks came out of the gate for about the first five minutes, and then the Ducks just lured them into this lull, and they didn't play with enough intensity to win that game. Yeah. They should have turned it up. They easily could have. That was a wounded animal last night that we played. A wounded animal. And they didn't even have enough killer instinct to step on the throat of it and take the two points.
0: I well, I well I was looking at I'm looking at the players on the docks and they should not be as bad as they are. And then I thought maybe this could be a bit of a trap game though. Like you're going into to place a team that you think you should get the two points, but here they have their interim GM. These guys are playing, you know, in a different environment. They don't have a coach, really, right? Their
1: defense is arguably worse than ours, Anaheim. And they had a, a goalie with his playing his first game yeah. in the NHL.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? Perry just got back. Mm-hmm. He's not the same player. We've seen that for two seasons now. Yeah. Kessler is riddled with injuries. Yeah. Right? Getzlaff is the only guy who's, still like, good. Yeah. you know, trying to get the team to hop on his back. But the supporting cast around their 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 highest score is Jakob Silverberg. He has what, like 14 goals? Yeah. But they We should have kicked the shit out of them. You think so? I do. I think they're they're one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst.
0: Really? I don't know. I looked at that. I looked at the I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I thought that they shouldn't be as bad as they are, and I thought maybe having the coach go out the window, that was going to be a problem. And that's why I was a little worried about this game. I watched Philly play them a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but then that that's with Carlisle, and hard-nosed
1: guy. Philly, Philly just them. destroyed them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, they they look slow. They're a slow team. The Canucks aren't a slow team. We've seen the Canucks keep pace with teams like Colorado, one of the fastest teams in the league. But somehow, last night, we got lured into this slow, monotonous shitty game by the Ducks, and we stooped down to their level and played down to their level. Canucks didn't dictate pace last night. And, again, that's on certain players that should be counted on to dictate that pace.
0: They're about to play a fucking slow team in L.A. Yeah. As you're listening to this, the game in L.A. has already happened. So we're either fuming a little bit more, or <sighs> what are you thinking? Like, can they win this game? Yeah, I they think have they Sanze. should win this game.
1: Yeah. I, I really do. But we're not going to win anything if our power play keeps failing to convert. Because power plays are one of the biggest parts of any NHL team now. And for the horses that we have on that power play, there's no excuse that we're not scoring goals. Yeah, There's enough offensive firepower in there to score goals. Guys just need to figure out where they need to be. They need to move around the ice a little bit more. Brown needs to coach them up better. Our zone entries can't be as shitty as they've been. There's so many little problems with our power play. When guys are shooting, they can't go top Chet every time, miss the net, and have it ring around the boards and out. Like, you can't do that. Shoot low. Get these rebounds. How many greasy goals have we scored this year? Two? Pedersen scored them both? It's, it's ridiculous.
0: Uh, the Canucks still really haven't, like, we, like, when's the last time the Canucks played a really good game?
1: I thought the game against, against Philadelphia. Well, yeah, the game against Philly was pretty darn good. They lost 2-1 that game. Yeah, uh, they The didn't... Washington game was pretty good. It was okay, yeah. Okay. The the Canucks-Blackhawks game was a barn burner. Yeah. Even though both of those games were kind of playing a little fast and loose with each other, I thought the Canucks played really well there. Yeah. They just, we've
0: played, they played now three games. Anaheim, San Jose, Calgary. Didn't really play very well in all three games.
1: The Calgary game was fun, but yeah, both teams were sloppy. Yeah, I mean, well, without Markstrom, then I mean,
0: yeah. that was a shit show, right? The Canucks yeah. would have gotten destroyed. So, really, they're just really haven't been playing very. well. We haven't seen a full sixty minutes from this team since I would say the 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 Philadelphia game when K- and Hart I th- I th- stumped th- Philly Washington. I think uh, well, I, th- I yeah. thought
1: they played well against Washington. They played okay. They played okay. That's just defending Stanley Cup champs, man. Like, yeah. Anyways, I'm whatever. Yeah, they they played a better game against Philly. I'm with you on that.
0: Adam Gaudet recalled. Good Sutter on the IR. That's kind of good, right? Dude. Adam Gaudet. I mean these these kids have to step up.
1: They're gonna win. You're right about these kids stepping up, but like, what a shitty time for a guy like Sutter to get hurt. Like, one, we could use him. Yeah. We could use him to try and make the playoffs. Two. He's probably our only really tradable asset if the Canucks were looking to make a trade, and now he's hurt close to the deadline with his groin a fucking gun. Mm-hmm. Like, that sucks. That really, like, I I don't – I think Sutter is valuable. Like, when he plays and when he's on the team, our record is better. It just is. As a team, he's more valuable than when he's riding the pine. He's just – he does some things well. He's defensively responsible. He's a great penalty killer. He doesn't make stupid plays. He's very safe with the puck. Whenever he has the puck on his stick, he's not causing turnovers that lead to goals or anything else like that. He knows how to protect the puck.
0: I think Jay Beagle needs to step up. Yeah.
1: I haven't really seen or heard from him in what seems like a Coon's age. I think everybody needs to step up. Horvat's giveaway that led to that
0: first—he did not have a
1: good game. No, that against led to that first goal was horrible. He did
0: not have yeah. a good game. That Was against one of Danaheim. his worst
1: games of the season, if yeah. not his worst. Yeah, it was. It was not good. I, the uh, same. With, I could say the same for Bester last <laughs> night, man. He was invisible out there. He really was. I thought their line had some chances. I thought they had some chances, but yeah. it wasn't because of Besser. It was all Petey. Yeah, Bester, dude. When you think about him and what he was doing last year to what he is doing this year, not only is he tentative to shoot. He's not controlling the puck over the line. You know, he's he's become a player that's more of a perimeter guy. And Besser should be driving play on this team. He's one of the guys that the Canucks are going to need to drive play. Horvat's going to have to do it. Besser's going to have to do it. Petey's going to have to do it. And on a third line, if he's in that role, Vertanen's going to have to do it. Vertanen actually is one of those guys over the last few games who I thought has been playing pretty well. Got it's into just, it with
0: Ryan Getzlaff there pretty good. It's just
1: he can't do it on his own. Especially in the third line position. McEwen, both games have played well. I thought McEwen was solid last night too, but it was limited minutes for I him. I
0: thought right? Josh Levo was good. Yeah. I yeah. think he's been really good. Yeah. Uh, I wish agree. he had scored. Well, just think if he had scored on that play, the, the little pass and the power play there yeah. from Besser, and Patterson scores or Patterson scores instead of hitting, hitting the, post, the crossbar, we're yeah. singing a little bit of a different tune going into tonight, right? Somehow Boyle just I still think you was robbing more. us left and right. I still think
1: he should add more than two goals. And I still think that the puck movement and general movement on that power play isn't fooling everybody. It's the most it, – I'm watching it, and I can tell where the puck's going. Yeah. That's a bad – that's a problem. Yeah. It is. This power play needs to be solved. It's
0: killing us. Are you okay with the way the lines are going right now, though, for the Canucks? Because uh, I've noticed later in games – Green is going to load up the first line.
1: I don't mind Are you okay f- with that? I don't mind the first line getting load, load loaded up. I think it's a good move. But I think guys like Godet I think Godet needs like more ice time. I I like McEwen's game. I'd like to see a big line out there. I don't know if it's if you put um Vertanen with a guy like Levo or if you put Vertanen with a guy like McEwen, one of those guys is gonna have to play his off wing. But I'd like to see a young energy line. They got to we we have that line in Louie, who's been invisible these last few games. Fuck by the that way, guy. yeah, Beagle and Mott. Mott. I think Mott's still playing. Dude, well. Louis
0: Erickson and Marcus Granlund are the same player. Yeah, they're for, the same player. Granlund's got more goals. Yeah, Granlund is a little more. But are they not the same player? They're kind of the same player. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah. that's pretty embarrassing. For one guy who's making six yeah. million. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking embarrassing for him.
1: Yeah. It should yeah, he should be he should be a little disappointed with himself. <laughs> I hope so. The worst part is is he's just accepted the fact that he's on the fourth line. Yeah. It's just he's like, whatever, I'm here. Yeah. He's not doing anything to play himself out of that position. Yeah. He's not getting offensive chances. Nope. Right? Like, come on. I like
0: he surprises the other teams when Oh here comes Louis Erickson streaking. oh, he stops. Oh, oh, he just pokes it into the corner. every yeah, time. Yeah, every time. he surprises the other team when he does it. That guy's shifts are so, so short too. It's yeah. like, oh, I've done I've done uh, a little twirl little out twirl there. out there. I'm going back to the bench. It's so it's embarrassing.
1: He should be ashamed of himself and i know we've railed on him forever. Well, we were praising him for a little while there when he actually did pick up his game cuz he was like, man, when he's playing, you notice him out there. And when he goes invisible, you're just like, dude, come on, you can do better. Oh. Like it's not even about the scoring for me at this point with him. I just want to notice him out there. I know. And that's what we've already we, that's what we've said
0: on countless podcasts <sighs> now. We're just beating our heads against the wall. Uh let's go into some NHL news. Uh The Edmonton Oilers, like, the only thing that makes me feel better (laughs) about the We're we're going to
1: get into some positive (laughs) news here. The the Edmonton Oilers.
0: The only thing that makes me feel better about ourselves and our situation is watching Edmonton. And so what do you think about the comments made by Ken Hitchcock last weekend saying, at this point in the season, the coaches can't want it
1: more than the players?
0: What do you think of that?
1: He's frustrated, man. Like he's, he's, I mean, obviously he's frustrated. That's a stupid answer, but this is a team that I'm scared that the Canucks could turn into if they don't make, if they don't get that taste like that. People like, especially Edmonton, Oilers fans are like, shut up about the culture of losing. It is a culture of losing. It really is. It's hard to give a shit when it continually happens over and over and over again, and people get jaded by something like that. And you can try and shake the roster up, but like, there are so many internal problems with that team, and they they don't even bring their players into the system properly. Like everybody who comes onto that team just jumps. You know, they finally have some guys in the in the AHL system, like Kyler Yamamoto and those guys who are playing in there a little bit, making a name for themselves in what is it, Bakersfield, mm-hmm. right? But they've brought in so many guys into that fold too early, and they lose, and they don't even have a veteran guy who can help them get there. At least the Canucks are trying to foster that a little bit better. Are they doing a great job right now? I would argue not after these last two games, but, like... This has been going on for the with the Oilers for a decade.
0: So when the Oilers were in the second round of the playoffs and they lost that series to San Jose, I think it was. Oh, it was to Anaheim. Or sorry, Anaheim. How do they go from there? Because they had a real chance to win that series. Like it was back and forth that series. They
1: lost some veteran leadership on that team, yeah. man. They really did. And I'm not saying Matt Hendricks is going to single handedly take you into the playoffs, but they had more. Yeah. They had what was the guy he was played on uh, Columbus? as well. Power play guy. He can play up and down the lineup. I know who you're Great talking about. Great player.
0: I know who you're talking about. Damn it.
1: This is going to fudge piss me off. Yeah, this is bugging me too. Uh
0: I, I want to I don't I know it's not Brian Boyle, but it's a no, player it's like that. It's not Brian Boyle. Yeah. It's a player like that. I know who you're talking about. Ugh.
1: Um Their but, team was better. They were deeper. They had guys who had been there and they they had guys who And could Cam lead. Talbot had played out of his mind yeah. for a and while. Yeah. And that was an outlier on that season too, right? Yeah. Like there's we always see that. We always see that goalie who has that one hot season, gets a good contract, ends up going somewhere, or ends up getting into a lull, or you lose a couple D men. Like they and and again, their back end isn't healthy right now either. So you got to give that. Yeah. You gotta you gotta like at least give them that. Like their back end is decimated, but they were just all around. They were just a better team. I just I just wonder how they got from there to
0: where they are. Patrick Maroon was one guy. Mark Latestu on that Mark team. Mark Latestu.
1: Yeah. That that's was who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mark Letestu. the Letestu baby. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just I just I, I just found find it really interesting that they went from there where it was like they're about to take the next step and then they missed the playoffs and now they're in this like this, they're back into it, right? Yeah. And they're gonna have a chance at that top fucking pick. It's again. too
1: much pressure on, on guys like McDavid and Dry right? They're they're continually expected to be the engine. And they play like like they're out there. They like the triple shift those guys. Yeah. Yeah. They ride them so hard. Yeah. It's not good. For and them. and they don't they try and I think they're they're not that good at protecting the pocket and they try and play at a tempo that i don't think they can keep up with with some of the players on their team.
0: Ken Hitchcock like, can't
1: be the right. And it that
0: wasn't yeah. the right decision to bring him
1: in. A guy like McDavid to me is so good that like he can't expect some of his line mates to make the plays and keep up with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like he's that elite. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel bad for him. I do you? No. <laughs> I was just about to take that back. We're not at the point,
0: though, where it's <laughs> like we're wasting Connor McDavid's career. We're not there yet. No. No, they're not yeah. there yet at like, all. Stop they're having that a shit, shit right? season two. Yeah. Let's stop it's, that
1: shit. But you know what? They're, I mean, they're almost out of the fold, but they're not quite out of the fold. Uh, the
0: NHL trade deadline is coming up pretty soon. Or, yeah, the NHL trade deadline. Who do you think is going to be the big player that moves?
1: Um. Well, I
0: think one of the guys from Ottawa. Artemi Artemi Panarin is the guy's name that's up there. Uh, mark
1: Stone, Matt yeah. Duchesne. I between Mark Stone and Matt Duchesne, I'd want Mark Stone. Yeah. Mark Stone Mark, Stone mark is, Stone's good. He's yeah. a beast in the playoffs. We've yeah. seen that. Yeah. Like and he's powerful and he's he's a net front presence that causes shit. He banks so many goals in from that like 3 to 5 foot mark. Like imagine if the Canucks had that guy. Just causing trouble, just pissing those D men off. We don't score any goals from three to five feet out. None. Yeah. They're all off the rush. None. No bangings. No greasy rebounds. Nothing like that's what we need is a net front presence like that, or a guy that we have to turn into that. And it's with they've already said that's what they want, like Jake to do. That's what Bo should be doing more of. But we need that so bad. It's a glaring, glaring, glaring um, deficiency in the Canucks game.
0: It's an interesting trade deadline because of the turtle race that's happening yeah. in the Western Conference. Like, how many of these plays? You're either you're, there's a bunch of there are a bunch of teams that are like three points out of a playoff spot and also three points out of last
1: spot. Yeah, and, like and, and that's those, nuts. Those teams are going to have a really hard time to pull the trigger. And I'm a little worried about old Jimbo. That's what I'm wondering and, right and now. What, what do you think? School of thought is yeah. What do you think? What would you like him to
0: do? How about that? At this trade deadline,
1: I don't want him to do anything with the injuries that we have? Yeah. Just leave it. If we make it, we make it. If we don't, we don't. Right. I don't want to I don't want to see a single thing happen here. You know? And 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 next year if if Sutter is healthy and Godett makes another leap, that's the guy I want to see go. Mm-hmm. Cuz he's injury prone. Sutter's injury prone. And when he is playing, he's helpful, but he's yeah. You're a little higher on, on him than I much. am. I
0: don't see why anybody would want him really. I think he's. I think, he's, I think he's a good. I think man. he's a
1: good third line guy. All right, I guess when he's healthy, like which is Minnesota. A big question, Wild, right. come and come you know after what else, it. man? I know I've never in my life been a part of the Trey Tanev club. I'm starting to. I'm starting to lean towards it. Really? Yeah.
0: Uh, I had a friend who uh, was uh, tweeting the between the stammers. Um, I'm just going to uh, hear what he had to say. He's, uh, I should have gotten this right before our <laughs> podcast, but he was putting out, why aren't we weaponizing the cap, the cap, our cap space, like taking other teams' cap and getting draft picks? I think it's dangerous. Yeah?
1: Yeah, I think it's dangerous because you don't know what's going to happen with your goaltending situation at this moment, and you're going to have to re-sign some pretty big stars here in the next couple of years. And you want to see what happens. Like again, we last week on the podcast, we were thanking Kyle Dubis for those signings of, of, of a guy like Austin Matthews. But like imagine if that went off the rails and that just brought the value of everybody else up. Well, his 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 idea was why don't we go after some Crappy teams weaponize yeah. the cap. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. but and I, take
0: some of the take some guys. It also we're also still in a position to win to get a playoff spot here. Yeah, it's risky, but it you're also risky. getting you're also getting picks out of this, right? You see yeah. what I mean? If you get good enough picks, yeah. then yeah, do it. Yeah.
1: If if you get good enough picks, yeah. do it. It's a it's an interesting thought.
0: I think. Yeah. Weaponizing the cap, um, he thought. He had one trade. He said, um, to the Canucks, Kessler, second round and a prospect. To the Ducks, Gagne, Schaller. He says, let's... let's. Do you imagine?
1: Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Who was that? It's
0: my uh, buddy, Luke Antrim. Oh, Luke. Yeah.
1: I like to cut out your jib. Yeah, he's like... Uh, you imagine it, if Kessler came back to Vancouver? <laughs> I don't even think he could suit up. He'd probably
0: get booed. You know, well, the Ducks would shed a contract. Yeah. You know? Pick up a pick. Canucks would shed two bad, low risk contracts. Do and we that, ever?
1: Do we ever? Stats guy who uh, who knows how long Kessler's contract is? How how far that goes in? Because dude, that thing's like seven million dollars.
0: Yeah, it's deep. Yeah. it's deep. Then you could, then you could uh, maybe buy it out.
1: How know. long is that? How does long? How long does that go till
0: Kessler's contract? I'll get our stat I'd be dude. I'd be between st- the stammer I
1: statistician on it, man. I know he left in a very very poor way but when he <laughs> he's not coming back when he yeah he's not coming back he's got a no trade he, there's no way he's coming back he's turned his back on us in, he's in, turned in, his, fair, I, I was thinking i was watching
0: enough. that game against anaheim and i'm like oh josh levo knows how to uh endear himself to canucks fans yeah get
1: into a fight with couple Ryan of Kessler. 17s just punching each other in the mouth yeah that was uh that yeah. was fun where the fuck was that against the sharks so
0: Kessler ah. is still under contract for another three years after this. Yeah, year see, no, you don't. You don't make that 6. deal. At six point eight. Yeah. At six point eight. Sorry,
1: Luke. Yeah. I take. I take it back. <laughs> I don't like the cut of your jib. <laughs> I think your jib smells.
0: Luke's a big fan, and he's been he's been <laughs> back and forth on the whole like, the whole should we tank kind of thing. Yeah. He's been back and forth on it. So. At yeah. least that's what this season has done. Made people go back and forth on the whole tank versus well, I, rushing for the I just, playoffs. I right? just
1: think the tank is like the same yeah. idea as rebuild, right? Like people get these terms stuck in their head. You know, all oh, it's not a rebuild until somebody says it's a rebuild. It's not a tank till somebody says it's a tank or till we see evidence of it. Nobody really wants to tank. No, these a- these are professional athletes. Yeah, of course. not. Yeah, you know, it's the tank happens from from management. Yeah, and the Canucks. Like you said it, I think a week ago or two weeks ago, when you got guys like PD and Besser on this team, like you're just not gonna finish that low. Like, you're they're not. They're no. they're that good. Yeah. Even with no. like a ridiculously porous defense.
0: I know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I was saying as like as good as Elias Patterson is, he can't also make up for the deficiencies that we have on the yeah. back end. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about. This is something watching. Brian Burke talking the intermission just this past uh, the last game. He's fantastic. Like, I really like it. Why? I just, I feel like he's A, right to the point. I love that. He is to
1: the point. And That's the name of a segment, isn't it? Is it
0: to the point? I'm pretty sure it is. He's so to the point. And That's yes, a bang it's, on name, isn't it? Yeah, it is bang on. And I think, yes, he's a little bit old and crusty, but I'm okay with that. And he's not afraid to uh, to speak his mind on players, and I really like that. So here I'm suggesting uh, the the two best sports shows right now uh, of in all sports are inside the NBA. Charles Barkley, uh, who has Ernie Johnson as the host, and uh, Kenny the Jet Smith, Shaquille O'Neal, and obviously Charles Barkley. Uh, And Good Morning Football right now with Kay Adams, Peter Schrager, uh, Kyle Brandt, and Nate Burleson. Those are the two best shows in all of sports. They're the most entertaining. I just love it. I want hockey, the NHL, to have one. And this is what I want. I want a panel of Scott Oak, Brian Burke, Kevin Bieksa.
1: Oh, that's. I knew you were going to throw Bieksa in there. That's That's a really nice dream team. How fucking entertaining would that be? Yeah. Scott Oak is so good at his job, man.
0: He's so good. And I yeah. think he would be able to move the conversation forward and also let the guys be who they are. Tell me that wouldn't be a dream team right there. Yeah, I like it. No and they all... no,
1: no goalie on that panel, too. And no goalie on the fucking panel. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I like I like the sound. Oh, I do oh, yeah. It's Why great. can't we have that? That has that would bring some serious flavor to the NHL. They would have some fun discussions and, Yeah. and it would be it would be kind of light but they also know what they're talking about. And yeah. and a guy like uh Burke's crustiness would yeah. really add would something to it, yeah. It would help I've there. It would help I've been saying for years, man, that like the Hockey Night in Canada panel is just boring. It's just blase. And it really bugs me when um I watch hockey down in the States <laughs> and they try because hockey's so massive up here that they try and basically like ape our panel because they're like, well, it works. Yeah. It's not a good template. And you can see them kind of moving away from it. Like I noticed that last year, uh, watching the playoffs when I was down in Vegas, being like, okay, well, like they got Jeremy Roenick jumping off the stratosphere during an intermission break, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is more fun rather than Elliot saying something ridiculous that's gonna happen a year and a half <laughs> from now, rather than just talking about the game at hand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nothing against Elliot Freeman. Great hockey guy, like great mind, but as as far as just pure entertainment, hockey needs some work. Yeah, and I've always thought that with the um, hockey night in Canada panel, like if I was after Strombo left, I would have let McLean and Don do their thing because it's as is tradition, and I actually probably would have let it let it go on a little longer. But I would have I would have driven up to Jane Dan with a dump truck full of money and been like, "You guys are our hosts. Host this thing." Like, they could even do highlights around the league like Chris Berman used to do on Monday nights. They could take up almost a whole period of just that with those guys' creativity and fun. And I guarantee you more people would tune in. I think TSN's paying them a shitload right now. And they're under
0: contract. Then. Yeah. That's why the the Amigos that I put together there, they all work for the same company. I love your amigos. We can do it.
1: Yeah, I love your amigos. Those are the only other two guys I would even think of rem- remotely adding, but they don't even necessarily work in the context of what you're talking about. Yeah, if even if that was like a late night hockey panel, if they just added BX there, and I I like David Amber. I don't think he's bad, and I think actually Scott, David Amber
0: could be Scott, Scott Oaks, Oak
1: Yeah, After Hours yeah. is just a thing of beauty. Like it's, I love
0: it. It's great, yeah. and I think David Amber and. Scott Oak are kind of – they can both play that role. I think they're both very good. Scott Oak is
1: so creative. Like, the way he preps for after hours is insane. Like, the things he digs up from their hometown, pictures of them, uh, stories about their childhood, like, all that sort of stuff. I I watched his – after the Canucks beat the Avalanche, and they had Landeskog in there, I thought that Landeskog interview was absolutely incredible. And it went on for, like, half an hour. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I never even really knew much about Lannis Gogg other than the fact that he just, like, when he goes to the bars with the other guys, the other guys clean up because he's just like a babe magnet. Right? He's the weapon, they call yeah, him. Yeah, the <laughs> weapon. Tyson Berry <laughs> is what you said. He calls That's him the right. weapon. But, you, yeah.
0: yeah. uh Biz Nasty's is another guy you could maybe throw yeah, in there. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, I I just think that we have enough guys with broadcasting experience now that could put together a fairly solid show that we all could get behind and laugh a little bit when we're watching hockey broadcasts yeah.
1: bx it was so good yeah. during that all-star weekend
0: man and like, him and his whole back and forth with scott oak like oh, how good would that yeah be? That, that rapport's already there yeah yeah so and, i mean he knows burke and and burke can bring a little bit of crustiness which can help as well if the guys can work around it well
1: and not only that but burke is he's a good hockey mind and he's all He's also pretty funny. He's, yeah. he's dry and cynical, yeah. but it's it's pretty funny. It's
0: funny. I think he kind of knows yeah. that. He knows he's playing the bad guy role. He's all right with it.
1: Yeah. So I
0: think it would all work really well. If I was a producer for Sportsnet, I was one of the higher-ups. That's what I'd be putting together for our hockey night panel. And, uh, you know, those other guys, they're great hockey guys too. Let's just have them do something different. Or just
1: half the show.
0: Or punt
1: them over to a hometown hockey
0: and- <laughs> Have them sit in the cold. By the way, hometown hockey is from CFB Esquimalt this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to go there and uh, talk no. to your
1: heroes? No, I'm not. No. No, heroes, just, Ron I'm I'm, I'm good. Okay. You're good. Nothing against Ron McLean. I just, I find that program just so dull. Caleb Kirby fucking hates that program. I like, I understand what it does. It's great for the community at the time, it gets people down there talking about hockey. Showing everybody that it's the national game or or whatever, but I think it benefits the people in that community and translates to TV just insanely poorly. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, that's my that's not good enough. It's not gonna it. be, and it's
0: on a Sunday, and there's other things to be watching. Lots yeah. of games. Why would you want to watch that? That's yeah. the way I
1: see it, anyway. Uh, Caleb Kirby, that's all I had. Uh, where can we find you? You can find me at Curbman23 on Twitter. You can email us if you have any questions at Between the at gmail.com. Thank
0: you, Luke Antrim, for your submission. Yes, yeah, thank submission. you, Luke. Uh, you can find me at Art Aronson uh, on Twitter. And yes, get a hold of us because uh, we'd love to have a few more interactive moments with the fans of Between the Stammers. Yeah. And we're on iTunes yeah we are on iTunes just plug her in there you can anywhere you can find podcasts if you put in between the stammers you're gonna find it not Spotify unfortunately we're working on that though uh yep yeah, thanks for tuning in hope the Canucks uh eke out a victory against the LA Kings even though they're up against
1: it they do they got it man they got to win this one and they got to get it on a roll here otherwise stick a fork in them
0: yeah all right
1: adios muchachos